Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. No pop and circumstance needed on this one. Welcome to a special State of Wrestling podcast. This isn't officially, if you're a collector out there, this is not one of the numbered Sam Roberts Wrestling podcasts. This is a State of Wrestling special. Only at, well, it's the only time it's ever happened, but this is only going to happen when there is a story too big to wait until next Wednesday. And that, of course, is Seth Rollins' injury. Overwhelming you, overwhelmingly, you guys on Twitter said, yes, please, do a state of wrestling right now. We got to hear what you got to say. And I, I feel like I'm talking to you, when I, mainly because I have one-sided conversations with people in person. But I still feel like, yeah, there's a lot to talk about here. Do me a favor. Remember the last episode of the podcast I talked about the survey? Just do that for me. Take the survey. I'm doing now extra stuff for you for free. Please go to podsurvey.com slash notsam and just take the survey so they know you're listening to the wrestling podcast, okay? It does me uh, a great service if you do that. Now, Seth Rollins, I guess now the former WWE champion, up until, you know, an hour ago, he was WWE champion. But over in Ireland, he had a match with Kane. A lot of people have seen the video by now. If you haven't, it's online somewhere. It's a, it's kind of gruesome, especially now that people have slowed it down. They've taken screenshots. He was doing some kind of flip off the top rope into a power bomb through a table. I think that was, I think that was the goal. I know it sounds simple. How could you mess it up? But his knee buckled, and he now has ended up with what I think is a torn ACL. Either way, he's out of action for six. To nine months. Now, this comes as no surprise. Not because uh, it was inevitable. Not because Seth Rollins is dangerous, but it was inevitable because Sting is a supernatural force that seeks vengeance in whatever way possible. Obviously, still upset over the fact that Seth Rollins injured him. Sting has used his dark forces to uh, 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 take over. The body of Kane, and do to Seth Rollins something similar to what Seth Rollins did to Sting. Actually, that's probably not true. It's one of these things. It's a freak accident. It happens in wrestling. Uh, I would imagine it shakes up a competitor pretty badly. If you're an athlete, if you're a pro wrestler, if you're any kind of athlete, and you get injured like that in a way that is kind of as much as a flip off the top rope into a power power bomb through a table. Sounds difficult to somebody like you or me. Uh, that's kind of a typical thing in the world of pro wrestling. So it, it's not like something that he walked into that match knowing this is dangerous. This I don't know. This could be career altering. And it just kind of happens. And there's not much you can do about it except sit at home. So the first thing that I thought of when I heard this, I got a, a, an alert. Last night, I saw people talking about this thing. They said, here's a photo. Here's a video of Seth Rollins at this live event in Ireland. Uh, he got helped out. He got helped to the back. People were speculating whether or not he was injured. ESPN tweets this thing that says that they've just had it confirmed 
that Seth Rollins is out for six to nine months, which, by the way, I think it's a smart thing that WWE does that feeds information to outlets like ESPN and TMZ. It just makes it seem like a bigger deal, and it makes it a more of a mainstream thing. I like that. So then I get an alert on my phone because I got the WWE alerts, and it says Seth Rollins injured in Ireland. A new WWE champion will be crowned at a tournament at the Survivor Series. Now that's thinking on your feet. So what you've uh, come to is this scenario where Seth Rollins is gone, John Cena's gone, Randy Orton's gone, Daniel Bryan is gone. You know, Undertaker and Kane are are too old to be taken seriously as world title type of people. You know, even though Kane was just wrestling for the world title, but we all knew. Uh, and you're left with a scenario where you have to create something. I think in the long run, this Seth Rollins injury, as much as it sucks at the moment, is going to be good for everybody. I said a few weeks ago, Seth Rollins was probably my favorite wrestler on the roster. I get excited every time his music hits. I think he's gotten good at everything he does. I think Seth Rollins is an A-level talent, and I think he's awesome. Now... What I uh, uh, think of all this is at first, just like you, I was bummed out. When I heard the news, I was like, no. Because I was sitting here having fantasies of this idea that Rollins is able to keep the heavyweight championship from WrestleMania to WrestleMania. I was hoping that he was going to walk in to WrestleMania 32 and defend the title that he had won at WrestleMania 31. You know, as much as it's been like tough to say whether or not his title reign has been successful just because there's been so many weaselly moves. He's a bad guy. A lot of the weaselly moves have been justified. He's had clean victories over a couple of people at least. And just the idea that he would have the title for a whole year is a big deal. And I I would have thought that would be cool. That's what I was hoping for. But it doesn't happen. And not only does that not happen, but anything he was working on just gets stopped. Everything for Seth Rollins now is just stopped. So, of course, I hear that, and I'm bummed out as a fan, and I'm bummed out for him because, you know, he's a good guy. You know, I've, I've met him a few times. He's a great guy, and he's building something here. He's one of the few guys that's really building something, and that's all got to stop. But the more I thought about it, the more I realized that big picture, and that's the way you have to think about stuff like this, is big picture this is going to be a positive thing. I think for everybody, if, if it's all done right, we're in a position where we could turn it into positives for everybody. Let's just talk about Seth Rollins. So Seth Rollins is out of the picture for six to nine months. What are we in now? November, December, January, February, March, April, May. So you're talking about possibly not seeing Seth Rollins again till like SummerSlam. Can you believe that? There's a possibility that we may not see Seth Rollins on WWE TV again until SummerSlam. And honestly, I would keep him off TV for the entire time that he's gone. Until he is ready to come back and compete actively, I would keep him completely off TV. No, I mean, maybe like one or two vignettes. Here's how he's doing in physical rehab and blah, blah, blah. But for the most part, no promos, no interviews, no nothing. Because I have a feeling... That in six to nine months, Seth Rollins will make a return to WWE and be the biggest good guy in the company. This is how you build a great good guy. You take him away. You give people a taste, and then you take it away. 
And they go, what happened? What happened? Seth Rollins is a guy that's going to be missed. You know, some of these guys, because of either the way they perform or the way they're booked or a combination of the two, sometimes people get injured and they leave and nobody misses them. You know, there have been people who come back from injuries and you're like, oh, I forgot he was gone. But Seth Rollins is not one of those guys. Seth Rollins has been a focal point of the show for so long. And he's a shining example of what could be going on in the company. When you talk about the next generation of people and the younger performers, Seth Rollins is the guy that you talk about. So he's going to be very missed while he's gone. And this gives us six to nine months of no flirtation of the shield, either getting into a triple threat match or getting back together. You know, it's just going to be Ambrose and Reigns from the Shield in the company. So that's going to be good. And I thought to myself, self, what is the biggest reaction you ever heard live? I've gone to a lot of WWE shows. And the biggest reaction I ever heard for one guy coming out was the night that Triple H returned to Monday Night Raw. You remember that? It was years ago. But Triple H had a similar injury to what Seth Rollins has now. And he he suffered the injury on an episode of Raw. But on that episode of Raw, Triple H was one of the top bad guys in the company. Ironically enough, he was aligned with Vince McMahon. He was aligned with the with the corporation or whoever they were at the time. It was Steve Austin and Triple H. And they were aligned with Vince McMahon. It was the whatever it was, 2002 or whatever year it was, version of The Authority. It was what Seth Rollins is now, you could say. I think that Seth Rollins will come back the same way Triple H came back as quite possibly the biggest good guy in the company. And he's going to come back so strong. He's going to come back even stronger. He's not going to be forgotten about, and he's going to be welcomed back when he does get back. So I would say if I'm Seth Rollins, I would take take some kind of, take that to heart. You know what I mean? Like, realize that the truth of the matter is that I'm going to be even bigger when I get back in six to nine months, that people are going to miss me. This thing is not going to keep going. I mean, it'll keep going without him. And if he left, it would just have to continue going. But it, uh, he's going to be grossly missed, which means that when he comes back, it's only going to be that much of a bigger deal. And he's organically going to be able to become a good guy, which is what we were talking about a week or two ago. That that's inevitable. Seth Rollins has to become a good guy because he's not going to keep getting booed. He's too good at it. Uh, So I don't think long term this is bad for Seth Rollins. I think long term this is very, very good. Now, I hope beyond hope that the WWE sits back and says to themselves, "Okay, this is our moment. This is the time that we sit here. We have a, a very negative thing that just happened to us. Our world champion is out for six to nine months. The biggest draw in the company, John Cena, is not on the show right now. You know, the one, the the Randy Orton, who's another huge draw that's been around for a while, he's another guy that we could count on. He's injured right now as well. He's also out for like six months. So what are we going to do? We are forced into a position where we must build new people and continue to build the people that we've kind of started with. So... I think that there it, it's a good decision to turn this into a tournament. I think if they just came out on Raw and said, so there's going to be a triple threat match to decide who the champion is. It'd be like, okay. So it's just going to be kind of more of the same. 
until Rollins comes back, and then it'll just be more of the same after that. A tournament puts you in a position where even though there's only a few things that could really happen, it's kind of an anything-could-happen situation, right? Because so many people are involved. Um, I hope that they pull this off just like they pulled off the Survivor Series Deadly Game Tournament. I hope, and some people on Twitter said that, you know, when you do a tournament as big as that one is, it kind of takes over the entire card, but that's okay. I hope that they do a one-night 16-man tournament, and I'll tell you why. If you do a one-night 16-man tournament, number one, it gives you a chance to showcase a huge, huge portion of your roster. You know, it gives you a chance to have 16 guys get shown on pay-per-view. And when you're left without your top star and without your world champion, you have to show the guys that you do have in a strong light. So it gives you the opportunity to show so many of these guys in a strong light. And if you've only got eight spots, let's be honest, you're not putting, you know, you're probably not going to put Neville in one of the eight spots, right? You're probably not going to put, there's all these guys that you're probably, you're not going to put Stardust in one of the eight spots. But if you've got 16 spots now, that's double eight. You can put all the guys that don't necessarily get as much time to showcase their stuff on pay-per-view. You can put The Miz as one of the 16 guys, right? You can put all the guys that we were talking about uh, this week on the podcast, some of the guys that you would draft to SmackDown, you could put in a 16-man tournament. You can also bring up guys from NXT. You could take two or three NXT guys and maybe or do like a pre-show match do some kind of pre-show match where it's you know three on three NXT or or here's what you do here's what you do make an NXT Survivor Series match traditional Survivor Series you're doing Survivor Series five on five five good guys versus five bad guys right then whoever survives that match gets spots in the tournament. So, like, you know, say three people survive, you've got three spots open, all of a sudden you've got a world title tournament on pay-per-view that Samoa Joe is in. Why? Because he was one of the survivors on the on the thing. That's one thing you could do. You know? They're, they're, bring up a couple guys from NXT. Showcase a couple guys that you wouldn't normally showcase and do it in that 16-man format. None of the, I don't think they've announced any real matches for Survivor Series except for the world title match, which is obviously off the table. And with a 16-man tournament, you've still got time to showcase at least one other match. So you've still got time to showcase whatever you're doing with the Wyatts and the Brothers of Destruction. You put the NXT match on the pre-show, you do a 16-man tournament, you do Wyatts versus Brothers of Destruction, and then maybe throw on the Divas to break up something. And you're good. You've got your tournament right there. Right. So there's a lot of things that could happen with this tournament. And that's been the question on everybody's mind. It's like people thought realistically that Seth Rollins may hold the title for a while because there's no real guy that you'd say, OK, he's the guy like you could point to Roman Reigns. But people don't really like Roman Reigns as much as they should. So are you going to have Roman Reigns beat Seth Rollins for the title? It probably wouldn't be the smartest thing in the world. So that's why people were saying, no, it looks like Seth Rollins is forecasted to keep the championship for some time. So now we're in a position where it's like, oh, oh, we don't have a champion. Like, there has to be somebody besides Seth Rollins that's going to win the title. You know, maybe it's uh, Tyler Breeze. We talked about NXT. What if Tyler Breeze comes and wins the title? I don't think he will. But 
Tyler Breeze could be in the tournament. If it's a 16-man tournament, you can put Tyler Breeze and you can kind of hash out. You can still do, like, if you want to do a Dolph Ziggler-Tyler Breeze match at Survivor Series, make it a tournament match. And make it one of these things where they fight to the back or there's a double countout or something. So that way somebody gets a bye and you could do a Tyler Breeze-Dolph Ziggler rematch. You can do stuff like that with a 16-man tournament. You're inevitably going to have people getting byes. I would say this. Do a 16-man tournament. Roman Reigns, he's the number one contender as it is. So he gets to move on to the second round immediately. Right? So Roman Reigns gets a bye in the first round. He gets to go to the second round. Everybody else. So it's actually a 15-man tournament because Roman Reigns doesn't have an opponent in the first round. I would put it that way. And that way, you know, nobody can say, well, Roman Reigns was the number one contender. Yeah, he gets to skip around. Good for him. So there's a couple things you could do here. Some people are saying, what if now is the time to bring up Finn Balor? I think it's still too early to bring up Finn Balor. I think you've got enough going on on the main roster that you don't need to draw from the outside to make a big thing happen. And if you bring up Finn Balor, he better win that tournament. Bringing up Finn Balor to do anything but win main event matches is a complete waste. You're trying to build, you know, the next guy in him. It's very, very obvious. So to bring him up to not win the tournament would be a complete waste of time. That's why he shouldn't even be in that NXT Survivor Series match that I proposed. No. Finn Balor should be separated from everything until it's time to give him the big rub, as they say. So I don't think it's a good idea at all to have Finn Balor win the title. Brock Lesnar is another name that came up. How can you do the tournament without Brock Lesnar? Why don't you just put the title on him? Because in order for the tournament to work, Brock Lesnar would basically have to tear through the entire roster to win the tournament, right? And then once he's won the tournament, who's going to challenge him? Brock Lesnar doesn't, like, sneak victories out. He destroys people. So if he's destroyed somebody in all three, or if it's a 16-man tournament, four rounds, if he's destroyed four different people throughout these rounds, odds are he's destroyed a good portion of the people who might challenge him for that title. And we don't want another situation where a part-timer has the title anyway. Undertaker, Triple H... Brock Lesnar, The Rock, none of those people should hold the WWE Championship. None of them. It should be somebody who's going to be on Raw every week. We did it last year. It was effective. Brock Lesnar was a good champion. It was fine. If that's the way we're going to keep doing things, then Kevin Owens needs to be in the main event of every pay-per-view. And what if that's the thing? People say, well, why not put Kevin Owens? Kevin Owens as the champion. No. It's not time for Kevin Owens to win the championship. No. He's a good intercontinental champion, and he's got this thing, I feel like, where he's got the potential to get a lot of support as he comes up. He's got that underdog thing. He's got that underground swelling. The ground swell of support is surrounding Kevin Owens. So in order to maintain that, you cannot have him win a 16-man tournament for the championship, uh, especially because he's not even that close to the main event scene right now. He's, he's busy with you know, worrying about Ryback and stuff like that. Uh, I asked Katie Linendahl. People said, we want to hear what Katie Linendahl has to say on the state of wrestling. Wait till you hear this. You're going to have to wait until next Wednesday to find out what Katie Linendahl thinks. Because I was texting her, and as we speak, she is on a plane coming back from guess where? Ireland. Katie Linendahl was in Ireland, and she was at the show. 
Katie was at the show that Seth Rollins got injured at. It's a very strange coincidence. There's a big tech thing happening out there. WWE happened to be in town. Linendahl's going to show up to the event. So I was texting with her over, uh, uh, you know, airplane Wi-Fi because she's the queen of tech. Of course she has airplane Wi-Fi. And asked her, so who do you think they're going to put the title on? And she just responded, Tatanka? Question mark? I don't think it's going to be Tatanka. But she also said, uh, well, what about Kurt Angle, who we talked about uh, before as a potential uh, U.S. championship contender? And I think Kurt Angle is in the same bracket. If you've got this opportunity to put the title on somebody young, to have Kurt Angle come in and win the heavyweight championship, it's like that, that doesn't do anything for your roster. To have you know a guy in his 40s who's an Attitude Era guy come in and demolish your roster just continues to make you look weaker than you were 20 years ago, 15 years ago, however long ago it was. So I don't think that's a good idea. I think it's a good idea for Kurt Angle to come back. I would have liked him as United States champion. I do not like him as heavyweight champion. And I think the same thing goes for Alberto Del Rio. I think Kevin Owens and Alberto Del Rio are in good spots right now with their titles. Uh, They're good champions. They look good on TV. They're bringing prestige to the titles that they have. I don't think you want to confuse anything. You could put them in the tournament if it's 16-man. You could put them in the tournament, but I wouldn't have them winning this thing at all. A lot of people on Twitter were tweeting me and saying that Cesaro should be the guy. It's not time yet. It's not time for Cesaro to be the heavyweight champion of the world. You know, he's got the internet on his side, yes. But the the arenas are just starting. Like, the Cesaro sections are just now starting to grow and grow and grow. For Cesaro to be considered somebody who might be the heavyweight champion of the world, it's going to have to be a Daniel Bryan situation where it's undeniable, where we cannot go to any arena in this country without having Cesaro in a prime spot. And that's not where he's at right now. I could see it getting there. He's got a lot of great support. But I I just don't, unless they do a dramatic change with Cesaro over the next, you know, whatever it is, two weeks, which I don't think would be smart. I think Cesaro is one of these guys. See, that's the problem. A lot of these guys are in a very slow build right now. And Cesaro is right in the middle of his slow build. And you got to let that take its course. It's been interrupted many times. That's the problem. But right now he's back in the middle of a slow build. Hopefully it will continue organically, and that can happen. So who do you have left? Well, I would say you look towards what you have right now. You look towards the main event scene. You've got Dean Ambrose. You've got Roman Reigns. You've got the New Day. So what are you going to do with this tournament? Well, first of all, you got to have Dwayne Gill make a surprise appearance, right? If you're going to do a 16-man tournament at the Survivor Series, Dwayne Gill has to be in there. I would say this. It looks like, and we talked about this before, based on these promos, a Dean Ambrose turn on Roman Reigns looks inevitable. Here's how I would play this thing out. Let Roman Reigns and Dean Ambrose continue on the course that they're on. Keep teaming up. Keep them a dominant tag team. Keep them both good guys. Keep doing exactly what they're doing over the next two weeks. I would say make it become clear that the New Day, as it has become clear over the past few weeks, make it become clear that the New Day are agents of Triple H and Stephanie McMahon. 
make it become clear that the New Day is obviously working with the authority. The New Day are like perfect heels right now. They're perfect bad guys in the sense that they're entertaining, but they also have this mean streak in them that's developed over the last month or so, and the mean streak works, and, and, and that is what really makes them believable as bad guys. So let them be agents of the authority in this tournament. You know, I would, at first, I don't know what's the better move. One could say make all three of them entrance, like they have entrance, you know, spot number one, two, and three is Kofi, Big E, and Xavier. But I'm not sure if it wouldn't be even funnier, even more entertaining, even more whatever, juicier. I'm not against the idea of having the New Day have one spot. Meaning, you know, second round, Roman Reigns versus the New Day. And it's like it could be any member of the New Day. And they could, they're all three going to be at ringside. And they're all three doing this. Keep the New Day around and have them, obviously, as agents of the authority. Have Roman Reigns, and, and I use that as an example. But I would have Roman Reigns take out the New Day right in the, in the, in the round, in the semifinals. In the semifinals, Roman Reigns takes out the New Day. The final match, it should be a 16-man tournament. The drama builds the entire time. The f- and, and the Undertaker and Bray Wyatt feud, by the way, should be completely separated from this tournament, meaning Bray Wyatt and none of the Wyatts are anywhere near this tournament. Bray Wyatt is concerned with the Undertaker and Kane. That's the path he chose. Same thing as WrestleMania. There's this whole show going on, and Bray Wyatt and the Wyatt family are over here in their own little world concentrating on the Undertaker and Kane. Because honestly, nobody in the Wyatt family at this point, as far as the story goes, is a believable idea to win any WWE championship anyway. Bray Wyatt's not going to be the champion anytime soon. Unless he can beat the Undertaker Survivor Series, which is what I've been saying, please. Please let the Wyatts beat the Brothers of Destruction. But here's what I would do. Final match of the tournament. You've gone through, uh, and, and I would have had, I, I, you've gone through Ziggler. You've gone through Tyler Breeze. You've gone through Neville. Uh, maybe the Lethal Weapon Steve Blackman makes an appearance. You've gone through all these guys, right? And Ryback's been in it. Kevin Owens was in it. Uh, uh, everyone. Cesaro was in it. And I would let Cesaro go pretty far. You know, I would even say, uh, maybe, I would say the final four should be Roman Reigns, The New Day, Dean Ambrose, and Cesaro. And you could match them up any way you want. You could have Roman Reigns versus Cesaro, you could have Dean Ambrose versus The New Day, whatever you want to do. But the final match in the World Heavyweight Championship Tournament needs to be Dean Ambrose versus Roman Reigns. And it's the Brothers of the Shield finally going head-to-head, right? And it's like, oh my gosh, this is it. And the authority is pissed at this point because the New Day were supposed to take the championship because the New Day was going to then bring the tag titles and the world title into the authority. They could have control over anything. But unfortunately, the New Day was taken out by either Dean Ambrose or Roman Reigns. And now we're stuck with a main event where the authority can't win because it's Roman Reigns and Dean Ambrose going one-on-one. Until Dean Ambrose, after a highly competitive match with his brother, Roman Reigns, finds out 
there's always a plan B. Dean Ambrose gets a trombone to the head or a sledgehammer to the head by Roman Reigns. What about this? Triple H throws Roman Reigns a sledgehammer while the referee is distracted by Xavier Woods, who has made his way to ringside. Why? I don't know. But I'm more confused. I'm not so confused as to why Xavier Woods is at ringside. I'm far more confused as to why Triple H just threw a sledgehammer to Roman Reigns. And Roman Reigns looks at the sledgehammer, and then he looks at Triple H, and he's got this look of confusion on his face. But then the confusion turns into a big, white, pearly, beautiful smile. And you go, he's smiling. And he turns around and nails Dean Ambrose in the face with that sledgehammer. And you go, what just happened? He may even hold the sledgehammer in his fist and Superman punch Dean Ambrose with the sledgehammer. The referee, he throws the sledgehammer out of the referee, uh, out, of the, out of the ring. The referee turns around. One, two, three. Roman Reigns wins the championship. And Triple H reminds Dean Ambrose that there is always a plan B. And Roman Reigns is now plan B. It's not going to work. The idea that has been hinted at many times of Dean Ambrose turning heel on Roman Reigns is horrible. It is not going to work. Roman Reigns is not a good guy. It's not going to happen until he's a really good bad guy. Then it could happen. Roman Reigns needs a character shift. And this is the perfect moment to do it. He needs a complete character shift. People are like, yeah, but he's not over, over, quote unquote, over. Yeah, but he can't, quote, cut a promo. Yeah, I know. Which is why he needs a complete character reevaluation, which would happen if he joined forces with the authority. Because there's always a plan B, right? And wouldn't you join the authority if you won the Royal Rumble and all the fans that you had worked so hard to get on your side all decided to boo you? And you still fought through all the boos of all the fans and you tried to make them laugh and you tried to give them what they want and you beat up every wrestler that said bad things about the fans and they still booed you. And what happened? You got your world title match, right? And what happened? Seth Rollins interrupted it and he won the championship. You got screwed out of your world title. You got screwed out of a rematch. Then... You finally get your number one contendership, and what happens? You now have to go through a tournament of people just to get it. Well, he's fed up with it. He's done with it, and he's done with the fans. Believe that. Because the authority made him an offer that he couldn't refuse. And what do you have with Dean Ambrose now? You now have a guy who already the fans love, but now you've added sympathy? You've actually added some sympathy Because first, Seth Rollins turned on Dean Ambrose. Now Roman Reigns, of all people, has turned on Dean Ambrose? Oh, that's unforgivable. You can't do that. Now everybody is cheering Dean Ambrose even harder. You've taken Dean Ambrose to a whole new level of good guy. Here's what happens if the reverse goes down. Everybody still boos Roman Reigns. And everybody still cheers Dean Ambrose, even though he's with the authority. And the whole thing gets mixed up. It doesn't make sense the other way. 
But this way makes complete sense. And it's not this dramatic thing where, oh, you can't turn John Cena heel. No, you can't make John Cena a bad guy. But guess what? You can make Roman Reigns a bad guy because it's not working. He's not the second coming of John Cena. He's the first coming of Roman Reigns. And you make Roman Reigns a bad guy, he will be effective if he acts like a bad guy. Because he's got his character and him as a person, he has the natural, uh, he's got a reason to be a bad guy. Dean Ambrose doesn't. All he does is get cheered and get opportunities. There's no reason for Dean Ambrose to be a bad guy. He's the lunatic fringe. Why would he make the decision to team up with the authority because it'll be better for his career? He doesn't care about his career. He's the lunatic fringe. He's not there to do, he's not there to climb the corporate ladder. Roman Reigns is. Roman Reigns is a guy who's there to win at all costs. He's a former athlete. He used to play football. He wants to be better than everybody. Dean Ambrose doesn't care about being better than everybody. He's a a lunatic. He just wants to go out there and do crazy stuff every night. That's why people like him. Dean Ambrose is the natural good guy in this equation. And you make Roman Reigns a bad guy, all of a sudden you've done something which is what you need to do. You don't need to introduce new people. You don't need to have people return. You don't need to surprise. You need compelling storylines. And all of a sudden, you've got a scenario where Dean Ambrose wants revenge on Roman Reigns. Oh boy, let's do it. Now you've got a situation where John Cena can come back and say, you do not disrespect these fans. And Roman Reigns goes, no, John, these fans disrespected me and they disrespect you. And you let it happen. And then John Cena and Roman Reigns is something that you can work towards to either Royal Rumble or WrestleMania, whatever you want to do. But you have lots of stories to tell with Roman Reigns as a bad guy that are stories that are interesting. You know, stories that people care about. You could even, if Roman Reigns is a bad guy, you can even give him the Undertaker match at WrestleMania. And have The Undertaker be the good guy and have Roman Reigns as a bad guy beat The Undertaker. You know, there are lots of things you could do with Roman Reigns. And then finally, to have Seth Rollins come back in six to nine months so he can avenge his loss. I mean, his his injury. He can, he can get his title back against Roman Reigns, who people already hate anyway. I mean, it's, it seems like a no-brainer to me. It's very clear to me that Roman Reigns needs to become a bad guy. He need and, and the New Day are going to be right there at his side. This is what's going to make Roman Reigns work. Roman Reigns, the big muscular guy who just kicks people's asses and doesn't care about anybody. In January, I did a podcast with him. Everybody turned on him after that podcast. That podcast still has more downloads than most of the other ones that I've put out because people couldn't believe... Uh, that he was saying things about not really caring what the fans thought because he was doing his job and making money. And that was just him being him. He's got the potential to be a... I love Roman Reigns as a guy. Like, I love talking to that guy. And when I talk to him, I look at him and I see a guy who can be a massive star in WWE. But it doesn't come across that way on television. So let's give the fans a reason to boo him. It's enough. It's been a year of trying with Roman Reigns. A year. A year. You've been trying. It's not working. It's not going to work. Turn him into a bad guy. Give us a reason to boo Roman Reigns.
And guess what's going to naturally happen? Within a year of booing Roman Reigns, we'll be cheering Roman Reigns because we'll realize that he's badass and he's awesome. That's going to happen. Because when Roman Reigns was in the Shield and the Shield were bad guys, everybody loved Roman Reigns. Everybody loves Roman Reigns when he's a bad guy. Nobody likes him as a good guy. It's, it's so clear. To me, anyway. And this is the opportunity that you have to do it. You've been, you've been given this. Okay. It's an awful thing that happened to Seth Rollins. It really screws up the plans for the roster. Let's make the best of it. Let's think logically about what's happening. This is the way to go. If you ask me, this is the way to go. And I don't, I don't see a better way to go than this. Give Roman Reigns the title and align him with the authority. And make it clear that the authority are evil. No more Stephanie coming out and starting the Divas Revolution. No more Triple H kind of being cute about stuff and like getting laughs from the crowd. The authority are bad guys. They are the boss. The boss sucks. I've never had a boss that I actually like. I've only had bosses that I pretend to like. The boss sucks. Always. So let them come out and suck. They're evil, they're the authority, and they are giving us what we don't want. Let's acknowledge it, okay? Everybody started booing Roman Reigns because they thought he was being shoved down our throat. Well, now the authority has uh, rigged this tournament because they see Roman Reigns as the poster boy. Bring it into the storyline. Triple H and Stephanie said no. I don't care what's happening. Dean Ambrose is not our guy. Cesaro is not our guy. Roman Reigns is our guy. And we'll do whatever we can to make sure that he wins. And Roman Reigns says, you know what? I accept the offer. I'll take your help, Authority, and I will win. And there you go. Now you've got a reason to watch Monday Night Raw again. Because Roman Reigns is a bad guy. And the Authority has run roughshod. And you've got... The opportunity now to make Cesaro and Roman Reigns a match. Dean Ambrose and Roman Reigns is a match. All these things, you know, Seth Rollins coming back. You know, eventually Finn Balor's going to be up. He's a natural good guy. Kevin Owens is going to be able to be a great good guy, by the way. But Roman Reigns right now needs to be the top bad guy in the company. And he can pull it off. If anybody can pull it off, he can pull it off. You know, and keep him away from Brock Lesnar and guys like that. What's, what purpose does it do to have him matched up with them? That's what I would do. That's where I would take this Survivor Series tournament. And, you know, if you've got Daniel Bryan and he's able to come back, what about this? Save Daniel Bryan. Because what if you finally give people what they want? Because people are saying, I see Daniel Bryan coming back, and I don't know if he's coming back or not. You know, but if Daniel Bryan can come back, You save Daniel Bryan for the Royal Rumble. Because what if Roman Reigns is the authority's corporate champion? And what if Daniel Bryan finally wins the Royal Rumble? And what if you have a WrestleMania where you've got a Royal Rumble winning Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns for the championship? There is no better match for either of those two. So if you do have Daniel Bryan, you save him for the Royal Rumble. You make him a surprise entrant in the Royal Rumble. You have him win the Royal Rumble. Finally, have him win the Royal Rumble. Have him go to WrestleMania and have him take the title from an evil Roman Reigns. That's what you do. 
if you've got Daniel Bryan back. If you don't have Daniel Bryan back, there's still lots of things you could do. You know, and you bring back Randy Orton eventually. He can be a good guy. He can feud with Roman Reigns. Everybody can do it. Everybody can do it. But do not. This is the opportunity. Don't use Daniel Bryan now. Don't use Kurt Angle for this. Don't use any of those guys for this. This is where I see things right now. Keep in mind, there has been no WWE TV at all. All I've got that I'm basing all of this on is a text alert that said WWE says Seth Rollins is injured and... Uh, the title's going to be up for grabs at a tournament at Survivor Series. The rest of this has been crafted in my imagination. You know, I think it can be a positive thing, and I think it is the moment to turn Roman Reigns into the most hateable guy in the company and use that legitimately, like, like cash in on the fact that he's a hateable guy as a character. Of course, there is always the uh, 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 possibility that they go WWE on this and just have Dean Ambrose win the title and they have Sheamus come in and cash in. Uh, If they did that, it would be a colossal waste of opportunity. Not even a mistake, just a colossal waste of opportunity. Sheamus' money in the bank briefcase, uh, it should be forgotten about. Like, it should be one of those things where next year's money in the bank starts and they're like, oh, Sheamus never cashed in and Sheamus just is in the locker room going, oh man, it expired? I didn't really look at the contract. Sheamus, because if Roman Reigns wins the thing and Sheamus cashes in, Sheamus needs to lose when he cashes in. There's no way you can convince me that Sheamus would be a good champion. And here's, I mean, there's a great possibility that they're going to have freaking Sheamus cash in, win the title, and have Roman Reigns beat him so Roman Reigns can be their good guy champion. And if they did that, it wouldn't work. And it would be boring and it would be predictable and it wouldn't be compelling and they'd sit there and go I don't know why raw ratings are down I don't know why why are ratings down Roman Reigns beat Sheamus at our last pay-per-view yeah well guess what Sheamus is, Sheamus he's just not compelling you know he's he's he, I, I I like that he's one of these guys that he's got a place in the company being a big Irish bully and his team with Barrett that works Euro trash or whatever they're called. I like that. That works. But it's terrifying to think that they could have, like, Ambrose or Roman Reigns win the championship in a tournament and then have Sheamus cash in. If Sheamus cashed in, the WWE will go on business as usual just without Seth Rollins. And business is not great as usual with Seth Rollins right now. Raw ratings are still down. So there's no doubt that something dramatic needs to change. And that dramatic thing that needs to change is not Sheamus cashing in the briefcase. I would hope that the WWE, who is so on top of Twitter Twitter twins, (laughs) Twitter trends, becomes aware that Sheamus was a trending topic today on Twitter. And it was just because people were tweeting about how they didn't want him to win the title. You know, I mean, that speaks for itself. You know, you, you talk about trending topics every single week on Monday Night Raw. Obviously, they mean something. And Twitter was on fire with people. It became a national, if not worldwide, trending topic. Sheamus. And if you clicked on it, it was, I hope Sheamus doesn't cash in. I hope Sheamus doesn't get the title. Nobody wants to see him as the champion. 
It would be a colossal mistake. It could easily happen. I could easily see it happening, and it would be a colossal mistake, and so much worse. And I know my finish is very, (laughs) very similar to the last time they did a finish uh, at at a at a Survivor Series tournament for the world title, but it's not it's not one hundred percent the same. And you know what? It worked last time. This time it'll work even better. I'm convinced of it, and it will certainly work better a lot better than Sheamus cashing in. Oh, that would be awful. Oh, I'm so afraid of that happening now. By the time the podcast comes out on Wednesday, I will probably have a different opinion because we'll have three hours of Monday Night Raw. I don't know what they're going to do. I, SmackDown's taped tonight, so. You know, I don't know if they're, they'll probably do a video package or something for it, but I don't, you know, there's not much they can do. We're going to find out a lot on Monday night. I'm sure by Wednesday, my opinion will have changed. Maybe it won't have, but, but I'll get more into how I feel about this on Wednesday when things have changed and a weekend has gone by and a Monday Night Raw has gone by. Katie Linendahl will be back with me by that point, too. So I'll be able to get her opinion, not only on what it was like to see this and if there was a buzz in the building that Seth Rollins might be injured, but... Where she sees the whole thing going. Because her, she's either straight on point or has some crazy, wacky theory. Which, either way, it's a blast. So I can't wait to hear what she thinks. Uh, make sure you subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. Uh, you know, we're up every Wednesday. And uh, I guess I'll do special State of Wrestlings whenever it's appropriate. You know, it's tough to think of a more appropriate time than this. But... I will continue to do this, uh, and you keep plugging along. Remember, please go to uh, podsurvey.com slash notsam and take that survey this week, okay? All right, I'll see you on Wednesday. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Metrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.